0: Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Whether you're looking to get on your very first store shelf or you're looking to grow your national or even international food brand, this podcast is going to teach you what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale a packaged food brand. Hear the food founder journeys of brands growing in their industry so you can fast track your food business success. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Hello, hello, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Ainsley, and today I am thrilled to have Mark Yunt from My Match Bar here with me today. And Mark is doing something really unique and different and interesting in the bar space and he's going to be diving into that today. We're going to be sharing all of that with you. So, grab your pens and your paper. I think you're going to want to take a lot of interesting notes with this interview. So, Mark, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Thank you. Really excited to have you here. I had the opportunity to try my match bars probably about a month or so ago and to be honest, I was like Hmm, how is this going to really be different from what else is out there from a bar perspective? They have such a great claim. And I'll get you to dive into that in a little bit about what does make you guys unique and different. But really, uh, the fact that you're doing gender-specific nutrient bars, I was super intrigued. And then I got them. And my partner and I, he had the for him and I had the for her, obviously. And we were both blown away by the taste of them. And just really, you're on to something really unique and special here. So wanted to share that. Well,
1: thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, we've worked real hard. And like any entrepreneur, we've had quite a journey to get to this point in this day. And uh, I really appreciate that feedback. Because whether it's positive or negative, it's everything about you know, trying to get a new brand into the marketplace and into the consumer's hands. So thank you.
0: Yeah. And for everyone who's listening right now, can you share a little bit about what is My Match Bar and what makes you guys unique and different from other bars out in the market?
1: Yeah. So what we've done is uh, come up with the name Match because uh, we match nutrition to gender. And unlike following a diet uh, craze or the diet space in trying to deliver nutrition and and, uh, hopefully a little piece of education, to the consumer, we've decided to take and look at what the difference is. Some are very subtle, and some are quite different between the genders. After you know decades of research, independent research, and so on, at the at the at all levels of the marketplace, and really complement that as the final step to nutrition for individuals. So, you know, women generally uh, need differing amounts of the same nutrients as men and vice versa and then they also need substantial differences in uh, some of the uh, other nutrients and same with men so we looked at that and just uh, really uh, delivered it in the best tasting bar that we could put together in in the marketplace so you know there's uh, no shortage of nutrition bars out there that uh most of which have some kind of cute name and and are, are claiming uh, some kind of claim for for health and pieces of it. But we looked at something that's been proven over you know decades of research: of the final step in nutrition is what works for you. And so the easiest way to delineate that is uh, by gender. And uh, so that's what we've done. And um, our bars have uh, seven uh, vitamins and nutrients some of which are the same uh, between men and women in differing amounts, and uh, some of which are uh, considerably different. So that's what we've done.
0: I think this is such a great idea. And, you know, we're not seeing it so much necessarily in the bar space right now. I haven't seen anything like this out there. Um, But we're starting to see it in other parts of nutrition right now in terms of personalized nutrition. This is becoming a really big piece, and people are finally – you know recognizing the fact that we do not all have the exact same body we do not all need the exact same nutrients and i think you are on the like the cutting edge of where nutrition is really going and and i think that this is absolutely something that people who are really trying to look at you know how do i have a healthy life for me that might look different than what it's going to look like for you. And that's okay. Uh, And I think you guys have done a great job of being able to make products that kind of speak to that, like you said, in the easiest form, like this is for him, this is for her, our bodies need something different. And away we go. And, And I think that's really on like the trends that we're really seeing with what's happening in the food industry.
1: Well, it makes sense from a standpoint that it has been the marketplace that the vitamin pill business has been addressing for decades. And that, you know, uh, as you age, and you you need to also, of course, acknowledge the gender differences between the two. But the vitamin industry has been doing it for years. And so we, we didn't invent it. And uh, it's uh, something that's certainly authentic in the consumer's mind. If they're looking at any type of health and wellness program, including including dieting, so yeah, we're just uh, out there putting forth a product with vitamins and nutrients that people have heard of and know that they need. That if they're not getting them through their diet, which we all should, but you know, uh, we we don't always. We're going to be able to fill in the most important ones, antioxidants. We're an excellent source of fiber, things of that nature, and. And of course, you know, you, you can't have a consumer bar product or any consumer product that doesn't follow the subtrends in the business, too. And so we are non-GMO. They are, all of the bars are gluten-free. We use as few ingredients as possible, whole almonds, which have the healthy fats and the uh, micronutrients that you need and in, uh, in metals and things like that, magnesium and manganese and copper and nickel and things like that. So we try to make the healthiest bar possible, and then we infuse it and bring forth the uh, vitamins and nutrients. My partners, my founding partners, uh, teach at the college level um, health sciences and kinesiology. So behind me, I'm not a dietician, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm definitely not a health science professor, but um, they're the ones that put together the common sense mix that we put into the bars. So that's, that's how we delineate the the gender specific nutrition claim.
0: Okay. So that gives a little bit of background as to the, the science piece of it, the food aspect um, with why you're using the ingredients, but like what got you to start this company in the first place? Like bring us back to where this idea even came from to create gender specific bars
1: well we we all happen to be weekend athletes and uh i'm a runner a distance runner and and even a ultra marathoner and extreme distance runner so the the nucleus the first uh embers of this idea really were mine um about 10 years ago i was running a trail run here locally I was not having a particularly good day. Um, I had run this race before. I was slowing down and having difficulty getting through it. People were passing me. And really, as I occupied my mind to try to get to the finish line of this race, I was really looking at people thinking, you know, everybody started this race with a different amount of training, a different amount of hydration a different amount of nutrition. And, you know, we all came out here today with differences. So it really kind of had that general idea. So I was in a totally different industry for my career, my main career. And I started talking to a friend of mine who is the professor uh, of health sciences and was telling him how badly I had bonked on this run and, and really was having a difficult time getting through it. And that you know, how do you how, how could we come up with something that was a common sense way to make sure that that you know, people and weekend athletes and anybody generally could not run into this even in a workday in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, what what happened here is <laughs> really my question. So we started it off on that basis. Was you know how can we personalize nutrition and bring a common sense product to the market and uh, truly thought. That we would start in the uh, fueling business, possibly with a beverage. So we would have a, uh, you know, Gatorade, Powerade, athletic fueling, sweat replacement type of beverage. And you don't get too far along before you realize that you're up against the giants of the globe with Pepsi-Cola and uh, Coca-Cola that make Gatorade and Powerade, and you're you're thinking about shipping product around the planet that is, you know, water infused water and, and it gets heavy and it's just really hard to compete. So we kind of backed off on that idea and did a pivot to nutrition bars Instead, we can take and offer some personalized nutrition and a nutrition bar and uh, start to work it forward that way. So that was the nucleus of the idea, the nucleus to the company. And uh, we Spent about six or eight months in conference calls and pulling in additional partners. Uh, They could bring some some things to the table. And uh, the three of us, it ended up to be three of us, uh, to uh, take it forward and uh, give it a try. So uh, we're actually on our third brand name. (laughs) The company started as it was named uh, Decade, and it was going to be also uh, age delineated. So you had the original idea was that beverages, uh, fueling beverages that were not only delineated by gender, so we would have a male line and a female line, but we would also take the stages of life into consideration and offer different vitamins and nutrients. So we had twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and sixty plus uh, in age delineation. So two flavors. And suddenly you're looking at 20 SKUs in the line. So it got complicated really fast. And we overshot the consumer. And really, um, you can't walk into a grocery chain and uh, ask them to put, you know, 20 SKUs on the shelf of a no-name brand. Everybody loved the idea. You could be so specific about both age and gender and uh, bring something to the marketplace that had, you know, credibility had a marketing um, angle to it, so on and so forth. So we actually had nutrition bars uh, on the marketplace that uh, had that uh, concept for a couple of years. As you can imagine, a small startup trying to maintain 20 SKUs in the, in the warehouse and in the line and, and sell it forward is uh, very complicated. It's very expensive. And uh, there were some things that we needed to do to update the bars Uh, We needed to make them gluten-free. We needed to make them non-GMO. And uh, so when it came time to refresh the line, we decided to go back to the basics and uh, just do the gender delineation, simplify the messaging, simplify the brand. And uh, we've been doing match brand for about nine months now. So worst and all story, that's where it started. That's how we got it going. And it is... I think ready to fly. So,
0: you know what I love. I love so much about that story. Part of it is just you illustrating that it's not a straight line. Like you went to market with one thing. You thought this was going to be beverages. You thought it was going to be age and gender. And then along the way, you know things change. You kind of realize these barriers, these realities, in a way of. It is really difficult to go into a retailer and try to have this many SKUs on the shelf or to just manage what's on the line. And I love how you have been very fluid with continuing to stay true to what you believe the market needs and what the market does need in terms of personalized nutrition in some way, shape or form. But you've been open to adapting that to what is realistic from a manufacturing perspective, from a retail perspective and and really just not being committed to it needing to be this way you've been committed to the purpose and you've been open to allowing it to shift with that and i think that is a great lesson for a lot of people to take no matter what stage they're at in the food and beverage business
1: yeah and really that education was invaluable in getting to this point today and you've got to be extremely rigid in some pieces of the concept because of the vision that you have for delivering the concept of personalized nutrition and upset of educating the consumer and trying to grow a community and a brand. And then you've got to stay really, really flexible and fluid on other categories because you just aren't, educated enough in that piece of it to make those hard and fast decisions. So the the education of daily, monthly doing this has been the greatest gift of the whole thing, is knowing what to stay rigid, focused, and adamant about and what to listen and listen and listen again because uh, that's a category or that's a piece of this that you may need to, you know modify and it, it doesn't matter that you may need to make a decision on it and and still deliver for the consumer. So you have to constantly drill down the details in certain categories and stay stay focused on those. And then there's times you have to back up and just say, what else is on the shelf? What is in our way? Mm. Uh, who else is doing something that hints at something like this? And And are they ahead of us? Do they have a good idea that we can, you know, Integrate into our product. So, but you're right. For some reason, in all of the years that we've been going through this learning curve and the Warts and All story, there is still no other consumer uh, bar on the market. Cliff Bar kind of hinted at it a few years back when they introduced the Luna sub brand under Cliff Bar. The Luna says right on the package it's nutrition for women, but they didn't come out with an alternate. Uh, nutrition for Men bar, so they didn't complete the gender specificity per se. And uh, the Luna brand has always been a good seller for them. It stayed on the shelves in grocery and earned its way. And it's been expanded through other means of flavors, additional flavors, and things like that. And so they they were definitely an industry leader, and they were onto a piece of it. But we decided to just go out and claim the full Uh, detail of gender specificity and, uh, you know, bring it forward.
0: I would imagine as you were going through this process, it was probably a difficult piece at times to reevaluate the brand and or the company as a whole and say, um, okay, maybe it doesn't make sense that we're going to have beverages, but maybe we want to have a bar. Maybe it makes sense that we want to still be customized, but not necessarily by age. What was your process around that? Cause you know, I would imagine that's a really difficult piece to go through. I think a lot of other companies might have said, Hey, you know what? This just isn't this just isn't gonna work. And they throw in the hat. Like, what is it that you did that allowed you to keep going and being committed to finding the right solution versus versus giving them all the way, I guess?
1: I I willingly walked away from my other industry to do this uh, a few years back. So I was all in from the standpoint of at least having a really strong general feeling that we were on to something. The situation with age and gender delineation, it became obvious early on that we went too far. And generally speaking, um, we were just out to do something that was solid as far as our unique consumer offering. We just wanted to be different because, as you know, in the food business, you can't just imitate and have a cute name and, and, you know, stay in business. You've got to innovate. You've got to be uh, enough of a consumer hook that's legitimate, that that is going to, you know, grow your brand over a period of decades, not, uh, not for 18 or 24 months as you, you know, chase a a diet uh, fat or something like that, so you know trends versus fads, very very important delineation, so yes, it was frustrating from the standpoint of we expected consumers to just you know put these things off the shelf, come to our website and buy them because it was so innovative, it was so different, and uh you know it, <laughs> we we really just went too far. Someone had said, you know, I really want to drive uh, this kind of car. And we came out with something that, that was just too adorned with too many features and took them to a place that was just too much. So, you know, it was well liked by are specialty retailers, hiking, biking, and running stores, specialty stores, where people have a, a community relationship with uh, with their retail, brick-and-mortar retail. And uh, they, they love the idea. Um, so we were able to go out and sell some hiking, biking, and running stores with 20 SKUs and put them on the shelf and come up with displays and, and things of that nature. Um, the problem is really that you not have enough consumers that we were able to absolutely embrace both pieces of it. It's not that people were hesitant to buy a bar that, you know, kind of represented their age. It was the fact that it was so new, and so different. We just clearly had overshot the market. So I think that was our that reaction. While internally also having all of the separate vitamin mixes that we had to put into the product stock 20 SKUs and try to grow the business organically that way. So, you know, I, I, there was also some inherent, you know, problems that any entrepreneur would have in trying to go from zero to 20 SKUs.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a lot of inventory and everything to manage um, along the way. It, so, I'm, um, you know, I'm really happy that you guys have kind of figured out the way to make it work for you and you were really open to what consumers wanted and what they didn't and and kind of kept going at it and just found a way to give them what they needed and what they wanted and what you guys can handle from an internal perspective. And we and also guys-
1: had to, of course, always keep abreast of the market that we were playing in and the big brands were, were putting forth messages, all well, easy to understand. The bars taste great. You can't, you, you, you can't, um, survive in this marketplace if the product has an aftertaste, or if it um, has any kind of a dryness, any kind of a protein mix, whatever it is that turns the customer off. Because at the end of the day, you've got um, what essentially are modern candy bars, and I say that with a positive tone, not a negative, derogatory tone. But you've got, you know, a lot of big companies packaged food companies that are leading the industry
0: so So you guys have been in this for quite some time now you've taken a lot of twists and turns along the way and you've been with my match with the gender specific bars now for about nine months what is the next big hurdle or growth plan that you guys are working on right now to help you reach those new levels of success that you're striving for right now
1: what we will do is really, we took the first uh, nine months to uh, get seated in uh, grocery shelves. We hired a master broker out of uh, uh, the East Coast, New York area. Selling into grocery stores and into grocery distribution is a long-term slog, quite frankly. There's a lot of new brands and uh so we were successful in getting into one of North America's largest uh, distributors uh, with their help. And uh, we started getting placement uh, into chains, grocery chains, and into the grocery sales channel. So that has started. Of course, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic has you know thrown that into disarray as grocers suddenly weren't looking at nutrition bars, keeping in stock, but all the crazy things that went on in the grocery channel, uh, since that, uh, came into, came into play. So that's been disrupted and is just now starting to even out again. So really, uh, you know, we're going to continue in that channel best we can, but we also are going after the, uh, brick and mortar retailers. So we are starting to sell distributors that sell to bike stores, running stores and places of that nature because we need their national footprint or their regional footprint. And um, obviously uh, we need to be on Amazon and we are close to that. We're setting up our brand store in Amazon right now and uh, we'll have our product on Amazon shortly. So um, those are the ones we're we're pursuing post-haste. That's where the volume is and that's where the challenges are. Um, We've also got some of the second tier TV um, uh, shopping networks. There's one here in our home market called Shop NBC that we have uh, gotten a commitment from. We should be on air with them probably in 45 days. But we we really do see, I, I really enjoy, my other career was in sales and marketing. And I really like, channels of distribution and sales to learn about those and find out what the dynamics are to reach the consumer. So um, we've had interest from uh, distributors to hair salons. we've had outdoor distributors that sell to ski and and everything from skiing shops to hammock shops to outdoor larger outdoor retailers so, We're always looking for new routes to find the consumer, but those channels will easily eat up the next three to five years as we, you know, strive for growth and try to find the the right balance because uh, some of them are harshly uh, not profitable. (laughs) From standpoint of you're being mashed into the system, and um, you've really got to have eyes wide open about whether or not you know engaged. Because uh, a lot of the middlemen eat up a lot of the available profits uh, along the way. So,
0: if you were to have one piece of advice for someone working on in their food company right now, and I know you probably have so many different lessons that you've learned, but but what would you tell someone who's at those beginning phases right now in their business?
1: Well, I would probably tell them the adage that I disliked pretty intensely that I heard um, when I was in about year two of this situation, which is um, find, if you can, three times the amount of investment that you think this is going to take from a financial standpoint. And secondly, use the assets and the mentorship of the people that turned you down for investment. In other words, keep them as close as the people that actually invest in your company because, um, it has been a substantial amount of information, learning curve and mentorship with the people that I have, uh, talked to about investing in, in Match. And while it's not right for them, perhaps personally or corporately, almost a hundred percent of the time, those individuals have said, I will help you in any way that I, and have turned out to be extremely valuable in um, this journey. So those, really that's two things. Number one, buy three times as much money as you think it'll take, um, because it's going to take three, three times as long. And, uh, you've got to, you've got to march through that. And secondly, the people that turn you down for investment, keep them in the family, keep them in touch. And, uh, the, the resources and assets I'll bring to the table are invaluable for moving forward.
0: That is such great advice. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's going to be really helpful for people. Um, And just finally, where can people find you? I know you mentioned you're getting set up on Amazon right now. Um, What are some of the key retailers where people can go and pick up my match bars?
1: We've got uh, some grocers in in play. We should be in ShopRite soon. There are about 300 stores based on the East Coast and Eastern Seaboard um, of the United States. We have uh, King's uh, supermarket, which is, uh, I believe, out of Asheville, North Carolina, and they own six stores called Balducci's. Uh, in our home market, which is Minneapolis-St. Paul, Minnesota, you can find them at London Byerly's and Kowalski's, which are grocers, specialty grocers. Uh, you can order them. Easiest way to get your hands and uh, start chomping on match bars is mymatchbar.com. So, um, mymatchbar.com, you can. Uh, Buy them there, and uh, we will send out the uh, the match bars instantly, and uh, you can get going with them that way. That will be on Amazon in about uh, probably five, six weeks, so that would be late August of 2020 here.
0: Perfect. Mark, thank you so much for sharing this journey. You have been on such a journey with this, but you've stayed true to your brand purpose. You are delivering consumers what they need, and you're committed to this big long-term purpose, which I think is so key to long-term success in the food and beverage industry. So thank you so much for sharing all of this and for hopping on your journey on the Food Funders podcast.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Appreciate it. The Food Founders Podcast is brought to you by the Fab Growth Academy, the online hub for driven food and beverage business owners that wanna get on more shelves, get into more homes and really grow their food business. Inside the Fab Growth Academy, fab standing for food and beverage, you'll have unlimited access to tools, resources and training from myself and my food friends. So if you know you have a great product, Let's work on building the business side of things so that more people can enjoy it and you can make the impact I know you want to make with your business. The Fab Growth Academy is now open. So hop on over to growmyfoodbrand.com to join me and your fellow food founders inside the Fab Growth Academy. I cannot wait to see you in there and help you grow your business.